Here's the situation. You are given 100 units for friendships that's going to have to cover your friendships for the next couple of years. One unit would be a pleasant acquaintance. 20 units would be someone in consideration for best man at your wedding. How do you divide up your 100 units among how many people? <laughs> Very carefully, my man. Uh, I'm TJ Jagodowski. I'm Rush Howell. And this is Here's the Situation, a real podcast about hypothetical situations. And this week's theme is Master and Masses. Yes, it is. Uh, which I just clarified to you, we, we usually try and do a little wordplay, was a play on Mr. and Mrs. Yeah, which I did not get, uh-huh. but uh, <laughs> now I do. And w- well done. That one little vowel change really, really throws it entirely off, yeah, off and, the board. Uh, the first one, the one that we'll come back to at the end. Yep. Uh, for some reason, masses got me thinking about that, like uh, just the concept of of having a, a large group of friends versus a smaller group. I understand. Different people have different ways that they prefer to do things. So we'll come back to that at the end. And one thing to note that we sometimes remind the audience, uh, the listeners, is that these situations, the ones I give you, you've never heard before. The ones you're going to give me, I've never heard before. So never that's heard how we any do of it. them. All right, Rush. We're, we'll start with a little, a quick little. Uh, pepper pepper round Great. off the top here and this is not this is not internal to the situation but just for a background sake would you consider yourself an unusual person or a fairly typical person and i know that's mm. you know you're probably typical in some ways unusual in other ways but uh do you think you you go with the herd i think i'm closer to typical than to unusual i'm sure some people that know me are laughing <laughs> Uh, at that, and they're like, "No, you're one of the weirdest people I know." But I, I think of myself as is pr- fairly down the middle. All right, okay. Well, here's the situation, Rush. I'm going to give you a bunch of classic either ors, and we will see how often you agree with the masses and how often you are with the minority. We'll okay, say. cool, That's great. So you've done some research. I you have know. done a little research. I love um, it. And by no means is this definitive. It's from a BuzzFeed survey <laughs> that I okay. found. But there were, in just about all the questions I saw, at least yeah. 350,000 respondents. Okay. So I think it's a pretty good sample size. Well, if the masses think BuzzFeed <laughs> is not a great source for research, then I'm with the masses on that one. All right, Rush. Uh, all right. We'll, we'll go through all of them. There's 10 great. of them. And then we'll go back and see where you fell. Love it. Cats or dogs? Dogs. All right. Pepsi or Coke? Oh, come on. Coke. Okay. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Vanilla or chocolate? Ooh, that, that's a, I, I'm going to say chocolate, but that I love both. Okay. McDonald's or Burger King? McDonald's. Okay. Pancakes or waffles? Oh, my God. Uh, you, uh, you're going to get a rant Here you in, go. A, in a oh, moment. Okay. But I'm going to say waffles. Okay. Ketchup or mustard? Ketchup. Okay. Cake or pie? See, I have a theory that men prefer pie and women prefer cake. I'm sure that's wrong. Hmm. We, I need BuzzFeed to check it. To okay. See. But I do prefer pie. Pie. Okay. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Okay. Vampires or werewolves? Vampires. Um, We've already established that I myself yep, am would, somewhat similar to a vampire. You, you think you're vampiric and would yeah. hang with similar company. Correct. And final, uh, sweet or salty? Mm, you know, I prefer, I I say I prefer salty. I think that's a little bit of a white lie. Okay. Because, you know, I, almost everybody's like, oh, I'm not a dessert guy. Mm-hmm. I don't like dessert. <laughs> and then everyone, when you like put the desserts out there and slowly the fork Dessert's gets gonna out go, there. Man. I mean, they're yeah. delicious. Desserts uh-huh. are delicious. <laughs> but I do think I prefer salty. I think if I could only have, I mean, if you just look at my percentage of meals, I have a sweet element in, in meals less than 20% of the time. Okay. And a salty one close to 100. Uh, before we go over the results, and we will, yeah. um, I want to let you know that one of them was sort of a trick question in that it was there's only one of these that was an absolute 50-50 split okay. amongst, amongst respondents. Would you care to guess which one was the 50-50 split? And which one was the most lopsided preference of of the of the two? And I can go back through them quickly if you yeah. If, you'd if you like. go back through them quickly, back. Uh, cats or dogs? No. Pepsi or Coke? Vanilla or chocolate? No. McDonald's or Burger King? No. Pancakes or waffles? Ketchup okay. or mustard? Cake or pie? Star Wars or Star Trek? Vampires or werewolves? Sweet or salty? I would say that cake or pie is fifty fifty. All right, it is not okay. Sweet or salty? Was 50/50. the 50-50. Okay, interesting yeah. that that was the one I struggled with the most. And the most lopsided was Star Wars or Star Trek. Yeah, that, I would have guessed that. I'm that sorry. That was an 88 to 12. 
Um, the only one that was the only two that were close were McDonald's and Burger King, ketchup and mustard. But so here we go. Okay. Uh, cats or dogs? Rush, you said dogs. Yeah. And that is the seventy percent majority. <laughs> we there. surveyed three hundred fifty thousand people. <laughs> Survey says seventy percent dogs. Pepsi or Coke? At a three to one clip, it's it's Coke. Yeah. Come on. Uh, vanilla, chocolate, fairly close, fifty-eight to forty-two, but Good. chocolate is is the preferable. I'm or finding more preferred. So far, I'm finding myself to be very what what they call basic. You are <laughs> like not only have I been with Girl, the majority each time, but I'm exact. I'm almost the exact percentage. Like if you said what percentage are you in the McDonald's camp, I would say basically. The All percentage. right, let's try it on this next one. Yeah. Um, did we do McDonald's, Burger King? Not. You know, we haven't done I'm, the results. I'd say I'm seventy-seven percent McDonald's. No effing kidding 78 <laughs> <laughs> percent all right pancakes waffles i will tell you this you're in the minority yes it's a, i'm not uh, surprised by but that. it's a slight minority okay on that that was a 52 to 48 Ooh. yeah so that was pretty darn pretty darn i would have close. guessed pancakes would have had 60 60 40 on that i would my, have been pancakes with you there I would, my, oh no i'm sorry i would have been pancakes there my thing on pancakes which are in my top 10 overrated foods uh-huh is that <laughs> the first <laughs> Two to four bites of a pancake are delicious. Mm -hmm. I have never enjoyed the third pancake. Yeah. When you get the big stack of pancakes, it's absurd. Mm -hmm. It's just a total bread bomb at that point. Uh, And it is is just like, it's just this big old piece of bread, like sugared up. And then you put like, yeah, it's great with maple syrup. It's like, it's my same argument to why I don't like, like people are like, Love lobster. I don't like lobster. Uh-huh. I, I will admit that there may be just like a taste bud problem where I'm not picking it up with the lobster. But the the argument I hate when I say that I hate lobster, because I do, and it's that's my number one most overrated food, is that people say, well, you would like a lobster roll. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, when you put it in like buttered bread <laughs> and then put mayonnaise on it. Yeah, I, I like that. Now do that, remove the lobster, and you have a pancake. No, no, you do not. <laughs> you don't manage it. Just some nice butter, nice. Ugh. See if if you if you butter and syrup non uh, homogenized wise, then you have varying degrees of 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 uh, pancake. You have you have variety of pancake. You get one chunk that's really buttery, one part that's really syrupy. Right. You know, like. But if you if you coat evenly and then you're just getting syrup syrup soaked bread each time. Yeah. But I I have never. If you have like the the short stack, like. The top pancake is is well syruped. The sides of the lower ones are, but the middle is just a dry, grainy oh, you lift desert. Up, you lift up. You go in there. All right, well, you know, you, you lift do. up the second one. You go in there. That's you, more yeah. work you, than I should have to do. You, you've never worked hard enough to enjoy your pancakes. I believe me. I've tried. I've done it all with pancakes. <laughs> I've tried my best. I don't care for them. Ketchup or mustard? You said ketchup. Yeah, uh, that's, that's gonna be 80-20. Yeah, that's gonna be a big, yeah. easy. Cake or pie? Um, so you were in the mini- the minority for that one. Okay. Uh, cake to pie is three to one, seventy five twenty five. So, so split. my theory is clearly incorrect. Unless all ladies responded uh, responded to this, I'm a pie. I, I would have gone pie as well. Yeah, my theory's got to be wrong. Uh, it, it can't even be. I mean, seventy five twenty five. That's a huge mm-hmm. majority for cake. That that is surprising to me. Um, yeah, we already said Star Wars. Enormous Not majority, eighty-eight, twelve. Vampires over werewolves, sixty-five, thirty-five. Vampires is the more popular choice, and sweet and salty is the push. So, in the end, rush, you were seven majority, seven with the majority, two against the flow, and the one push was was inherent. Interesting. So, I think the uh, I enjoyed doing that, but I would say the only one of those ten that is a surprise to me is the numbers on the cake versus pie. Okay, of. Oh. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I was a little surprised that pancakes didn't get a, a, a larger win on waffles. Uh, by the way, I think got well. Uh, some friend of ours, I don't know who it is, has a uh, has a Gary Mancake uh, Twitter, and he all, he's the man who tweets about pancakes. And then there's Glenn Moffel, and those two have a, a real uh, friendly rivalry, oh, okay. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> when when International House of Breakfast or whatever it was, whatever that huge error was by IHOP mm-hmm. uh, occurred. Anyway, um, I, just a, as a final question, with Star Wars and Star Trek, are you saying that you kind of felt the way you did, the way these percentages panned out is kind of close to the way you felt? Which of these um, were you most vehement about your this for sure and this, you know, definitely not? Uh, can I, Star can Wars I see and Star him? Trek? Yeah. There you go. Okay. Um, 
I I really prefer Coke to Pepsi. Okay. Uh, and that I mean I'm not even sure Coke like legitimately tastes better, but when you grow up in Atlanta, yeah, it's just I I was on more, with more than one different man or woman who was a friend of mine's parents. I walked out of a restaurant because <laughs> they said it was a Pepsi restaurant because the waiter said, "Is Pepsi okay?" Oh, okay, and that was enough to infuriate. I mean, that's crazy person behavior. Mm-hmm. But it happened on with more than one uh, parent just walked me out of a restaurant uh, for that. So we were really brainwashed on that front. Um, I felt very strongly about uh, ketchup over mustard. Okay. And, you know, I actually... There was a time in my life I might have been closer on McDonald's versus Burger King. But I think for what McDonald's does, which is... Poison America, <laughs> but uh, for for what they are intending to do, they do they do a, a really good job, gotcha. right? Like, and and I have a rule with myself, which is I will only eat McDonald's in airports. Oh, okay, That's a nice um, rule. <laughs> yeah, you can live by that. I can live by it. Now, I, that there is an exception, which is McDonald's breakfast. I'll eat okay. anywhere, anytime. <laughs> All right. So, still here in Master and Masses. That was one of the masses. I yes. At. Okay, um, let's do this one. Okay. Now, this, this I thought of this from uh, mass leading me to confession. Uh-huh. So uh, here's the situation. Oh, boy. You are uh, on a uh, TV uh, false cliche aggregation panel okay. where you have to watch television shows and movies and see scenes that come up more often than they do in real life. Okay. And then report on those. Okay. And I just want you to come so up. Like this people is a short shot one. on the steps of the courthouse? Y- yeah, yeah. That I kind mean, of thing? Absolutely. Or? Okay. <laughs> the one I thought of is, they're just way more confession scenes. <laughs> like, m- in movies and TV, like, people spend a higher percentage of their life, like, going into confession and having it be, like... A, a material part of their day because it's I, such a tasty the sanctity of the confessional right. is such it's like client lawyer client privilege right. or therapist client privilege yeah. or whatever they, they just love that concept right the, so the fungibility of it or whatever so y- what you're tasked with is you you got to put one or more you can mm-hmm. come up with as few as you want but one is the minimum of these cliched scenarios okay. that occur mm-hmm. more often in tv and movies then they could possibly actually occur, and you get to and you get to wipe them out of being in TVs and movies. That's like that's what your job is supposed to be. And unfortunately, you don't get a lot of leeway on even if it's a fun thing. You enjoy that it's in them. You're just okay. you have to report things that are happening more often. Oh, so so mine would be uh, people triangulating where a phone call is coming from. Okay, yeah, I don't think I that hear. ever right. happens. Right, it happens all the time in movies, and people are always like, ah. They cut, they hung up right before, <laughs> as that line is moving. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're like Madagascar to that tower. He's good, and then we'll say he's good. He's bouncing through through seven different yeah. seven different uh, yeah, satellites. Got, yeah, I've got him. And they, I love it that they're like he's in Madagascar. Wait, no, Sydney. Wait, no, Saint Petersburg. No, Brazil. Oh, this guy's great. And then he hangs up right before, and it's always thirty seconds. Yeah, and I'm like. Just invent the technology that speeds it up by two seconds, and you'll catch every criminal mastermind because they all hang up with less as, than a right, second. As they're go. like, "Oh, so sorry. Did you think you'd be able to trace it?" Click. Right. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good scene if the guy just misses the receiver. <laughs> just by that. Like, oh, oh no. Oh uh, well. Oh, this is a new phone. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, this doesn't. That doesn't. Yeah. Uh, they're like, oh no, he's oh he's he's three blocks away in New York. That's always where he is too, right? Um, the double cross at the uh, at the the heist divvy. That's that's a pretty popular one at the like the empty garage where they're div- divvying up the uh you know the the loot and ah, the, the yes. double cross there right you know like that's always. that's always a double cross. Um, what else? Oh, uh, I don't know if this happens a lot in movies and TV, but I'm sure it happens more than it <laughs> ever happens in real life. Like racing for ownership of the other person's vehicle <laughs> yeah right <laughs> i don't think that i mean happens that's all happened that more in the fast and furious franchise than on earth right right now this may happen a ton but i still don't want to see it anymore 
the um, divorced dad who gets loaded and forgets to like come for his weekend with oh, with yeah. the kid. I'm sure that does happen a bunch. I don't need to see it anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm fine seeing a couple of responsible dads show up on time, take care of their right. take care of their business. They're definitely having a higher percentage of divorced dads blow yeah. that in the in the TV and film. Oh, um, destroyed uh, like destroyed burnt beyond recognition meals of like uh the first time someone a dating p- partner comes over to their house and they get oh, like you right, know like right, right. the boy or girl comes over to the boy or girls or boys house and then like they just like oh no the whatever and then that's when you see like steam and the and the alarm goes off and all that it. and and then it's ha 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 that's great we'll just order out or we'll go yeah. out or whatever you know that is an overdone scene yeah is is the overdone bird. Yeah. Right. Like, Oh my God, the Turkey. I mean, they did it perfectly in whatever. I don't know if that was parenthood or what it was there, but that movie where they're like birds, a little dry and they cut into it and it deflates like a, <laughs> like a football. Like you're not going to do a better version of it. So let's stop trying. Oh, this, um, this is uh, a great one of like, this, every, is, this is why they hired you. For oh yeah. You have a lot of, them. Uh, this every horror movie. Now someone looks down the hall, there's nothing down there. They turn around, look back towards camera, and then something really dark shoots across mm. sideways, shoots across the hallway with a super like cello sting on that like right. that kind of that kind of deal. Yep. And and variance on that is like look down the hall, there's no one there, turn around, and then look back that way for some reason, and now they're immediately right right yeah. in front of your face. That kind of I that feel like I've had enough of the the very similar choreography for horror slash thriller scenes where you're in like a library where there's always the bookshelves uh-huh. and then you come around the one yep. and they're on around the other one and then you go and then they're both on the same uh-huh. one. Ah, right. you know. <laughs> oh, how about this? Positions where either someone should not at all be able to or somehow has some sort of flight experience in their past that allows them to then operate this helicopter that yeah. they find themselves into or, you know, uh, or a commercial airliner. Like, That's like Tom Cruise. Yeah, 60% just kind of knows how to do that, you know, or doesn't at all, but does just fine Great. with that. All right. Well, excellent. Examples. Any of those. Thank you. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. All right, Rush. Um, let's see. Okay, here's one about the master and um, or master and the master is how I took it. In the way that the student becomes the master, or eventually the master is defeated. You okay. know, the 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 fall of the great the great master. Yes. And uh, you love Roger Federer. I do. Yeah. Okay. So here's the situation, Rush. You are having the tennis match of your life. Truly unbelievable. You you cannot miss. And you have taken Roger Federer to a fifth set you're playing him okay do you want to beat him would you want to be your hero also knowing what it would do you know news story wise for like his life for your life do do you love him in a way that you wouldn't want to or would you still want to beat him on the on the court well i'll give you an anecdote it's going to be hard for me to not fight this hypo a little bit because it's just so it's so absurd. Mm-hmm. But there was a um, there was a quiz in a magazine that said, "What is this?" They said, "You're playing Roger Federer, and you get to pick the score. Um, what is the score? It, it's it's a regular match, you against Federer, your actual skill against his." Okay. And what is the score that you would like that would give you the highest percentage chance of winning the match, even though um, he's, you know, 97, 98% to win each point? And so the uh, the correct answer is two you, set, you want to be up, up two sets, up right? two sets, five games and 40, well, and 40 love. No. no. Oh, okay. So that's <laughs> the, that's the, like, that's the one they want you to guess. Okay. Um, so the better the better way to win would be to be up two sets and be in a tiebreaker in the third set and be up six zero in the tiebreaker. Oh, okay. Because now, oh, gotcha. Because even right. though I'm up 5-0, 40 love, I have I have basically a zero percent chance to win any other game. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Right. So if he comes back, he need he need only win three points in a row in that scenario. He needs to win six in a row in the tiebreak scenario. Right. So I wrote in and I said um, the score would be uh, I would like the score to be. Um, 
six seven six seven seven six seven six six all six zero in the tiebreak at the U.S. Open because I don't want you know to embarrass Roger. Like I wouldn't want to be up because everyone would write in six zero six zero six all, and I'm like, no, I would, I, and and I don't want to be in the third set because the chances that I could win any other set are so minuscule that it's a rounding error. So uh-huh. I, I at least at least gave him to the fifth set. So even when I was writing into that thing, I was like trying my best to uh, to, to do well for Roger. Um, so, I mean, look, you know, I, I couldn't, if I played a set against Roger Federer, I would be, you know, a little under 50% to, to win a point, I think. Okay. I'm not sure if that's right. Maybe like, pro- but I, I mean, maybe I'm like 20%. Maybe I'm, I certainly would be, uh, under, under 1% to win a game. Um, and like way under, I mean, it's, it's unthinkable, but let's just pretend I have this unbelievable, and and what is this? Is it an ex- exhibition or is it like in a meaningful tournament? Um, I mean, there's well, it doesn't necessarily have to be a tournament, but there's eyes on it. It's it's on yeah. it's on TV. Even if it was like you won some contest, it's a big charity thing. But he's trying. It's not yeah, like you I'd know, rather he not, win. He'd rather he win. Yeah. Um. Well, then let me f- uh, follow uh, follow up. Are there any circumstances under which that you would want to beat him? Let's say. You're both. I I don't know uh, how. Let's say your your ages are close. Yeah. Um. That if you were like 42. seventy years old at a fantasy fantasy camp, and you played, or the one other thing I was thinking, like if you were twenty, if you were both twenty five, and tennis is what you wanted your life to be about, would you then want? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 well, certainly not at like a fantasy camp. In my current. You know, in, in in the foreseeable future of my life, there's no circumstance under which I would want to beat him for what you're talking about. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to beat my hero. Uh, I hope, you, you know, I, I love how great he is at the sport. Uh, a lot of other things about him. I love, but, but of course it would be a, detra- you know, it, it would detract a bit from, from me. If like some joker like me mm-hmm. spent 30 years getting in great shape and becoming like a great sixties year old player, which happens yeah. like a lot, like, my dad's a very good player uh, in the seventies. He's not like top five in the country, but he's not that far off of that. I don't think. And it's a mix of guys that were like played Wimbledon and guys that are just in great shape in the seventies and got great shape later or just didn't, yeah, didn't uh, fall off. Yeah. And and I don't want to watch those guys beat Roger Federer like in the seventies. I mean that, that to me, that's taking away something from, from the mystique around him, even though, that's kind of silly. Like who really cares? But I, I, you know, in the same way that I think a a lot of Tiger Woods, I'm not a Tiger Woods fan, but I think a lot of Tiger Woods fans would be like, I don't want to watch him play on the senior tour when he's ailing, you know? And Mm -hmm. I mean, cause he certainly is going to have knee and back problems in his fifties. And uh, you know, I don't want to watch Roger like go loose, but of course, if I was a, if I was doing, if I was playing tennis professionally, like if I had been way better than I was and I had a chance and I was, you know, the kid in, um, for the love of the game where with Kevin Costner's throwing the mm-hmm. no hitter and that kid who was like his dad played with Costner and he's like he, Costner's his hero and I get a chance to bat against him yeah. I'm like I'd want to break up the no hitter <laughs> I'd want to beat Federer like when you, you know he he's 4 years younger than me but if if uh if I was coming up and he was the the superstar yeah you know these guys like Tsitsipas and other really good tennis players right now sorry for the tennis <laughs> talk here <laughs> but they, they um a lot of them idolized either Federer or Nadal, less Djokovic, which makes sense. But a lot of them idolized Federer and Nadal, and and you know I hope they want to beat those guys. Yeah. And I guess once once it is your profession, the hero aspect of it is removed. Right. And I guess what was at the heart of this is like, would you? I mean, none of us want to see our heroes defeated. Uh, and I was wondering, is like even to the point where you wouldn't want to be the one to do it every day of my life. My dad's a plumber. He's got wrench turning wrists and 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 you know and pipe bending forearms. Yeah. Every day of my life, my father could beat me in an arm wrestling contest. We've right. never done it, but uh, I never want that to change. Yeah, you, yeah. Know, like, you don't want to I would never ever want that yeah. to be to be any different. Um, and there, I guess there's something like even even if it's me, I don't want to see my my hero get yeah get beat well i've never beaten my dad in a set of tennis and you know i've been close a few times and i i would like to yep. but part of me doesn't want to part of yep. me is just like i like that i've never gotten a set off of him and i can say boy he's great and uh you know it is very frustrating though i always lose <laughs> to him you know an example though that i i did think a lot about um i don't know why right just stupid pipe dream stuff but 
I, I got into poker for a while during like law school, before law school, uh-huh. during law school. Played a lot. Played a lot online. Got pretty good. Uh, one one was a was a winner for about five years straight in online poker and live poker, and was you know decent player. Uh, now people have gotten so good with all the analytics and like the tracking software and um, the game has just really uh, become more scientific. And you, if you don't know some of the like range theory and other new things, you're going to get destroyed. But back then I thought, you know, what would happen if I made it heads up at the world series of poker against an, Ivy an aging or... dying Doyle Brunson? Oh yeah. Or Phil Ivy yeah. maybe. Uh, but like, like the whole world would be cheering for Doyle Brunson against me. And part of me is like, I kind of want to lose. Like, I think it might be better to finish second to Doyle Brunson. And it's, it's the greatest Dolly. story in the history of poker <laughs> is that he, he made it and won, at, you know, 84 years old, wins his third title. So, you know, I'm rooting for you over any of the Brunson. I would root for you over Todd. Uh, for you know, sure. Texas I'm rooting Dolly, for myself for sure. over Todd. TJ Cloutier, without a doubt. That oh. guy can be kind of kind of a pill. I don't care for TJ Cloutier. I think he wrote pill. a book specifically. <laughs> I, tr- oh, I truly believe that he wrote a book Super to, system or whatever or? to uh, to trick people into playing badly. Mm. I mean, his book is such bad advice that I <laughs> it's hard for me to believe that a player as good as him really believed it. A three offsuit, you got to push. No, it's like he's like, look, we called two kings like walking back to Texas because if you, if you in an Oklahoma game, if you raise with two kings, you're going to get beat. I'm like, you're really you're folding the kings, TJ. You just want everyone at the table to fold to you every time. Yeah. All right. The hell with that guy. All right, TJ. Uh, here's the situation. All right, buddy. You are uh, a a rating professional who gives ratings like very similar to what would be done in Madden, the, the okay. video game, yep. or FIFA, the video game. And for those that don't know those games... Um, each player, each football player for Madden or each soccer player for FIFA, they're given all sorts of ratings. Like for soccer, it's how good they are at dribbling, how good they are at passing. And then they break down the ratings in a short pass, long pass, pass, left, pass, right, all that sort of stuff. But they get like overall ratings in some in some key categories, right? Uh, for football, it would be like arm strength, strength, uh, speed, speed, things like that. But what you do is you do ratings for real life stuff. Okay. Okay. Not for, you know, Madden, not for FIFA, but these are just, and, and so first of all, you have an application because you're you're like, I like this. I like, I'm interested in Mm -hmm. doing this. So first you're, I'm going to give you a lot of different things and I want you to rate yourself one to hundred, just like Madden or EA would. Okay. uh, For each of these things. Now I will say this, like in, in FIFA, Lionel Messi has a total rating of a 94 and he's like 96 is his best in any one thing. And he's like basically the best in the world. So there's not a lot of hundreds out there. Right. So, okay. Think about that when you, when, okay. when you think through it, then there's not a lot of ones. Right. Yeah. So he, here is what they want you to rate yourself on. Okay. Uh, photography. Me on photography. Yep. A 24. Okay. Hand to hand combat. Uh, uh, 16. Empathy. 83. Quiet typing. <laughs> uh, they, uh, the actual volume of the, of, of the typing when Being I Being type? able to type quietly such that you not disturb those around you. Oh, maybe, maybe, uh, 87. Ooh. Yeah. Great quiet typing. You'll, you'll never know. You'll never know. I might. I might. <laughs> typing right now. I've done whole episodes of this <laughs> podcast for just typing away. Dancing. Oh, I'm a decent dancer. Uh, 81. Gossiping. Oh, uh, 14. Handiness around the house. Man, I, I do try, but there are some real jerry-rigged items up there. Uh, 50. Worrying. Oh, <laughs> I am the I'm the Lionel Messi of, <laughs> of worrying. Ninety seven. Oh my God! You're gonna give yourself ninety seven. Oh, so you're I'm, like a top, a top one percent, top tenth of a percent of worriers on earth. As near as I can tell, I entirely like created a like bladder infection that didn't exist. Full physical symptoms for about ten days sheerly out of anxiety and worry. It never existed. I was tested. No, clean urine, absolutely fine. All 
all done. Just worrying. Yeah, and not like I imagined it. I made it, it happen. You manifested I, it. I fabricated it in a in a brain lab and turned it real. Wow, that's Lionel Messi of worrying. Oh my gosh! All right. Well, so they they look at your scores. <laughs> oh. They say, "Huh, we're dubious about the worrying." You're a score. midfielder. <laughs> they were dubious about the worrying score, but they they do get some feedback from you about creating a fake bladder, bladder problem, making it real, and they decide, "Okay, good, good overall. Uh, you're going to be allowed to be a, a raider for us here at Real Life the okay. game." Um, by the way, I, I was going to ask you, but you already gave a 97 on one thing and a, over an 85 on another. What are two like two other things where you would rate yourself above an 85? Above an 85, I think. Uh, and this is like above 85 means world class. Yeah, I think I'm a uh, like listening to intuit meaning. Uh, I think I listen well and pick up on. Uh, with uh, like also listening, but also like paying attention of um of getting the the nuances and gist of Got something. It. I th- I think I'm I think I'm pretty good at that. Um, the only other thing I think I'm you know probably like upper echelon in is being able to improvise. Yep. I, I think uh, I think I'm a pretty pretty good improviser. Okay, so TJ, they say overall. You've done a good job rating yourself, Thank even you. though we were a little dubious about some of them. We went and checked it, and it turns out they were correct. Thank you. We watched you improvise. We watched you worry. It's you know <laughs> you, you those are those are your strong suits, my friend. Uh, now we want you to pick the the celebrity or the public figure that's closest to one hundred in each of the following categories. One caveat: uh, can't use the same name twice. Okay. Okay. So uh, let's start with. Listening. Who do you think's the best listener hmm. of any public figure you can think of? Um, I'm going to go with Bob Newhart. Nice. Uh, how about uh, who's the worst name dropper of any public figure you can think of? Um, I'm talking about this is the Lionel Messi of name. Dropper. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if this is right or not. I'm going to say Regis Philbin. <laughs> okay. Uh, I feel like that would be right. <laughs> who do you think is the best? When it comes to the ability to speak exactly the right amount. Ooh, interesting. Exactly the right amount. Um, oh, he might be dead. Mike Wallace. Uh, that's a good choice. That's a very good choice. Modesty. When you think modesty, who are you assigning like a 98 modesty rating to? Um, of course, they themselves would give themselves like a 60 <laughs> in modesty rating. If. Yeah, if yeah. Uh, well, it would be false modesty if they did forty. Right, I'm trying to think who's phenomenal at what they do, make it look easy, and maybe actually think it's easy, so they don't even think that they're that good at it. Um. Oh, there's a chef. He's right now. He's like just going to disaster places and making these like meals with the stuff you can get a oh, hundred wow. pounds of Jose Andre. I oh, believe yeah, it. Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. I think, I think he went to like hurricanes and um, Puerto Rico when they were there. And I think he just thinks it's just a thing he's doing, but he's feeding hundreds and hundreds of That's people awesome. with, you know, that with, he, I don't know if I hadn't heard that story. He is a great chef with, you know, high quality restaurants in many cities across the country. Yeah. I think Jose that's Andres his name. Or whatever. Yeah. Uh, last one. Um, the person who you think uh, it'd be number one for conscientiousness, like attention to detail. Hmm. Um, Martha Stewart. Okay. Hmm. And then I lied. The actual last one is farting. Absolute best <laughs> farter. <laughs> Celebrity. Celebrity. Public figure, we call this the the Rodney Dangerfield crown. He who, might he might be yeah he's definitely dead, but I would uh, Dom DeLuise. Okay, Dom DeLuise. <laughs> there you go. Right. I'm 48, but I I have like my sense of celebrities is like I'm 90. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Burns and Allen, man, you know, <laughs> oh, they had a, man, a great bit. Laurel Rochester. And Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, here's 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 proof positive that I'm a better worrier than improviser. I worry so much I don't improvise anymore. Yeah, well, there How you about go. that? Only a 90, that number's got to be only ninety four improv. <laughs> All right, Rush. 
Um, so as a kid, I would go, I would, uh, I was raised Roman Catholic and I would go to mass. Right. And so mass was basically like, blah, 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 reading, blah, blah, reading. Now that guy talks for a long, long time, some sort of call and response. Yep. Um, blah, 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 blah. Handshake. Loved that part. That was like, Hey, this is, we finally got to the handshake part. We would say like, peace be with you and shake hands. And then some quiet part where there's some pouring and some other stuff. Blah, 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 Eucharist, blah, 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 leave. And and nothing ever, like, affected me. Nothing penetrated. It was just this, like, this, you know, yeah. white noise or whatever, broken by two parts that were Well, recently. the Peanuts teacher was your pastor. Yeah, so you had no, I did. You had no hope. I, I went to, I went to, like, Our Lady of Woodstock. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so, Rush, uh, here's the situation. Okay. You get to designate some components of a mass or service that would make you want to go to church and would have some sort of impact on you and help you feel like you had a spiritual experience. Okay. All right. Cool. So go ahead. You can you can name. It doesn't have to be an order. It doesn't have to be you know where it comes in the ceremony. But just with some, what would some components of an actual mass be that would make you feel spiritually fulfilled or would make you look forward to going to to something and still kind of like suffice as like this is a ceremony, yeah. this is a service. Well, I I grew up Episcopalian. Mm, what's that like? Uh, it's it's fairly similar. Okay. Uh, it's <laughs> uh, it's probably one of the closest Protestant. Um, services to to the Catholic service, okay. like we have, uh, you know the the Eucharist, and you know you get up and you dip your wafer into the wine, or okay. drink the wine or whatever, and you say a lot of the same stuff. Like I've been in a couple of Catholic weddings, and they're like, "Well, you're not going to know what's going on." So let me tell. I'm like, "No, I got it. I'll, I got it. We I'll play did, along." We did about eighty percent of it. There's like a few different words in like the Nicene Creed and like the. Don't the worry, Lord's Ronnie. Prayer. I can handle a Catholic yeah. mass. Yeah, I got it. But I, you know, if it were, if, if I'm like in charge of making the church service speak to someone like me, right? I'm thinking about doing that. Uh, I'm going to put a lot more emphasis on the sermon. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to have a lot less hymnals. Okay. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'll have the same amount of hymnals. I'm going to have less hymns <laughs> sung, but you, everyone's allowed to have a book. We're and, not, I'm not going to like shortchange people in the books. And just so you know, um, the the way I was thinking of it is also a little bit, it, it can be atypical aspects yeah. or things that aren't usually parts of like, I would have soul music. Yeah. In, in part of in part of my service and uh, like just a time, like a 15 minute chat with your neighbor portion where you just get to know another yeah. congregant or whatever so if you don't oh, want to hate that yeah really yeah i'd hate that oh i, think, I, I, I was think it that always made me, me nervous like... it made me nervous just doing the peace be with you and shaking like five hands yeah you know because it's like adults and i'm 14 I, I, didn't, I didn't like it but if you're going as an adult now you're going as you know i, I still I, don't think I, I, I i would like it to feel part of a community but anyway i was just saying that to yeah. say that if you want to like think you know like outside of hymnals and and sermons and something else that you know might really affect yeah. you because i also thought like an atypical reading like give me a bukowski poem or you know or or you know or a, a, an essay that might you know have an impact or or whatever just just in I, case you I'm, I'm good with like the sermon concept okay good. i think that's a good approach i like taking you know the teachings of your holy book mm-hmm. and working it into anecdotes and thoughts that are uh modernized and and attempt to be uh uh, you know, uh, resonate with the folks in the crowd. Uh, so I, comedy sketches with like Isaiah. See and... that, that would like bomb with me a hundred percent. I would hate it. I do think, so I don't enjoy getting up and singing. I'm a terrible singer. And also I just feel like it's so, uh, wooden. And I, I, I always am jealous of, you see those churches where they're up there and like, they have an unbelievable choir. Mm-hmm. The choir's like as good as like a marching band yep. in some places. And they're they're just having a blast, and everybody's just kind of listening and enjoying. So the same way, I think that appeals to you. That appeals yeah. to me as well. So I, I would have preferred a more uh, raucous, yeah, energetic, yeah, choir, yep, and 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 you know, put that around like kind of the beginning and the end. So you have fun at the beginning, you hear a good story, you have fun at the end. I don't care about the. I mean, I think it's like this. I, I understand the theory, you know, and, and hundreds of wars were fought over like transubstantiation mm-hmm. versus consubstantiation. I'm like, come on. 
but the <laughs> the 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 moment of silence or whatever it is that it's kind of the same concept, right? You have to wait in line. You have to take your time. You go through this whole thing. So at least in my mind, that's designed for you to think more about your spiritual yeah. connection to God, to Jesus in, in that, in, 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 in my church. Right. And I, I, I never thought that that was like particularly effective. Okay. And so I think I would have, um, the same way I think education works better is, You'd have a, a a lecture, which is the sermon, mm-hmm. and then like the singing and dancing, and that's a fun part. And then that, but it'd be shorter. It'd be like the that whole thing is like forty minutes. Okay. And then you would break into smaller groups, and you would have group uh, discussion. So you would okay. get to meet nice. you would get to meet members of your uh, congregation and tell them why they're wrong about their religion. <laughs> no, yeah. but you would also get to <laughs> uh, be more active participant. You know. Like short, very short homework so that oh, people wow. would actually okay. do it. But like, hey, read this poem, okay. read this parable, read this, and we're going to come in and talk about it. And, you know, in the same way that a small group discussion in college or law school, I always like preferred that. Yeah. I think that would have helped me connect to the material better because I would be, I would feel I'm a more active participant. For for a lot of people, I think they feel more active in church than I do because they would stand up and sing yeah. and they would, you know, that would really kind of take them over and, and work. And then for other people, I think it worked more this concept of, um, you know, the kneeling and praying and, and going in and getting your, you know, wafer and all that, um, help them feel actively connecting and that they're taking time out of their week to, yeah. uh, to focus on their spirituality. I just forgot my favorite part of the mass was when after like, at some point I couldn't go up and get Eucharist anymore because I hadn't gone to confession. And so I was in a state of like mortal sin or whatever. Okay, and you can't sure. take, you know, you can't receive, but just kneeling there. And like, while everyone else went up and that took forever, but just that quiet time where like, yeah. I didn't have to do anything, but just listen to music or whatever. So I think I definitely have like a meditative portion where it's just, you can have 15 minutes of quiet, you know, like, and just think to yourself, post some sort of non, no, some secular, secular is non-religious, right? Yep. Some sort of secular reading, maybe, and then you have like a, a meditative time. But there'd be tons of great soul music and coffee. There'd okay. be coffee, you know, yeah. have a nice, nice cup do you of want, joe. Do you want the kids to dress up in coats and ties and stuff or not? Oh no, no, you come as you are. Okay, come as you are. Yeah, I yeah. could never decide if that was helpful or not helpful. I mean, in a way, it was helpful because it it made you be like, this is serious. Yeah, you know, you have to you have to do this. But I also I was like, oh, church clothes. Yeah. <laughs> come on. <laughs> You know, I find myself as I get older to wanting to be affected more like by what I listen to or what I watch. Like I want it to have an impact where I that was never a concern when I was a kid. Didn't you know, like it wasn't a concept. I didn't know what that meant of of like I just wanted to to have an effect on me. I just wanted to get home, to be (laughs) honest. Uh, All right. Uh, TJ, um, this one, uh, comes from one of our listeners who Ooh. happens to be my brother. Oh, it hey. is his birthday. Yes. I was going to say, I saw that happy yeah. belated. This is this, this will be like two months after your, yeah. your birthday at or least, whatever. At like, least two months, yeah, maybe but two and a half months. We are recording on his birthday. And thanks, right. For all your support. Yes. Thank you. Right. So, uh, he said, and I like this one. Um, you sound surprised. Yeah. Well, he sent a couple <laughs> others that I didn't love. No, that's, that's not true. Uh, so, but I, I, this was my favorite one of the ones he sent so Great. far. So here we go. Um, here's the situation. You are a uh, are, are deemed a great historian, one of the finest historians in the land, mm. um, and you're magically transported 500 years into the future. Okay. At such point, a large swath of historical records have been lost to time. Oh no! And the people need to rely on you to provide short biographies of some lesser-known historical figures. Okay. These happen to be real figures. This is sort of like the situation you were put in where you had to figure out figure out the, other, the other lines to Madagascar. Yeah. I think he stole that, but, you know, it's still a good one here. Uh, but, yes, it's, it's pretty similar. Okay, short so, biographies. Uh, the people in, in the future know you're a historian, yep. a respected historian. Hello, so everyone. So they, they ask you about these four real historical figures and I, you just got to give a short bio okay. of each of these. It could be real. I don't think you're going to know a ton about these folks, but okay. maybe you will. 
Um, so you're going to gotta describe keep up, each I got to keep them. up face with this anyway, right? That's right. Like, okay, yep. So I'm going to give you the name, yeah. and then you'll just have to... Uh, well, let me give you all four names, and then you can pick Give me order. one at a time, okay. and I'll, uh, I'll give you three sentences on him. Okay, first, I want you to talk a little bit about William the Silent. What was he all about? Where'd he come from? What was the story there? Oh, gotcha, yeah. King, King of Sweden um, famously uh, had his tongue removed in a dispute with, uh, with the church. And uh, and was later drowned, um, believed to be a uh, warlock. Okay, so you knew the real story about William the Silent. So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, okay. I know a lot about a lot. Okay. Uh, next up is Pepin the Short. Oh, Pepin the Short. Um, uh, Pepin the Short, historian, um, contemporary of Pliny the Younger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. Has has his his historical his records. father was a contemporary of uh, Pliny the Elder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you know, okay, you know. I, I know too. about Pepin the Shore, but go ahead and yeah. tell these people. Um, incomplete, incomplete historical records usually because he couldn't see over, over, over people. Sure. So it's a very like kind of near. Um, it, it, was, it was like there was a large group of people here, yeah. you know, but not a lot about what happened. Yeah. Um, up, up. You Unclear know, where. why he was famous. <laughs> you know, contempor- well, beautifully written. Yeah. Oh, okay. Beautifully Great writer. Great yeah. writer. So he put you there. You didn't want to be there, but he really put you there. Oh, nice. Okay. So yeah. a great writer. Uh, all right. Next up, Anne, Queen of Bees. Oh, Anne, Queen of Bees. I know what you're thinking. N- nothing. Nothing to do with it. Yeah. Um, the Bees was a, a region uh, uh, near Bavaria. Was yeah. the, it was the the Bees. Yep. B-E-B-E-Z. Um, and, uh, and queen of the bees, she was queen of that, queen of that area. Um, not really too much to tell, um, was a, uh, never married, never had, never had, uh, never had any children either. Okay. And so it was a, the short lived, uh, reign of the, what was Anne's last name? Busby. Oh, Busby. it was the short, the short, um, <laughs> reign of the Busby the Busby clan. Yeah, she married uh, Tom Berkeley, uh, <laughs> or tried to. She was never married, but hey, almost. You know married. these people. No. Why? Why are they going to me no, for well, all that? Well, Anne Queen of Bees is was the uh, <laughs> seventeen-time spelling so champion. Terrible. Uh, and each uh, each of her first four times that she won, she won on a B word. So <laughs> that's just, where she came. I'm doing up. just awful at this. You, you've got her out at Castle oh, New Schwanstein in, uh, in Bavaria. <laughs> uh, finally, Charles the Bald. Oh. Charles the Bald. Okay, because there was a Charles uh, A Bald, but right. that's that's a no yeah, different. We're talking yeah. About. Um, man, these these all sound like it's so hard for me to get get out of like that they were they were rulers, you know. Yeah, I think maybe my brother gave us four rulers. Charles the Bald was the finest uh, actor of oh. his of his time, and uh, because of his bald pate, they allowed him to easily decorate his head in different ways, different wigs, or yeah. or paint it, uh, you know, colors, or make it seem like he had um, laurels around his head that were just painted upon upon right. his head, and then he could do a quick change. And so he was famous. He was the first guy who did like kind of like. The the one man Charles Dickens, the mm. one man like Christmas Carol. Yes. Back he was the first guy to do that. So it was like a, a one man um Lysistrata with Charles the Bald, or you know, a one man the frogs with Charles the Bald. Yeah. You know? An evening with Charles the Bald, yeah. where he just did some of his favorite monologues from all these Tragically died when someone was trying to assassinate <laughs> Charles de Gaulle. <laughs> And they, they they shot it. They they thought they had Charles de Gaulle, and instead shot uh, Charles the Bald. I think I might have just botched the hell out of that. Man, well, thank you, right? Happy belated. Uh, yeah, happy birthday, right? Uh, here's my last one for you, okay. Rush. Here's the situation: If you went back to being ten years old and only devoted yourself to this pursuit, do you think you could become a master in it, or do all things take sort of an innate capacity? to achieve mastery. Great. So I'm going to give you a couple, a couple, uh, fields. Um, you're 10 years old. You set your, your sights on having a, uh, being a three Michelin star master chef. I think I would have a chance, but you know, unlikely, unlikely to get there. But I do think, um, probably incorrectly that there is probably a higher, uh, amount of work and dedication and and just desire than maybe natural talent in that particular field. So again, probably unfair. Um, and I think your palate really probably matters quite a bit. Uh-huh. And maybe mine's not good enough. And that would be sad, you know, when they tell me your palate's just not. Yeah, good I wonder enough. if that would be the innate part of it, just yeah. like a you know an ability to taste or 
different. Well, I remember when Grant, um, what is A-Shack? it? Ack- yeah, or, Ackett's, yeah Ackett's, or however yeah. he says it, but he had the tongue cancer and right. he had to remove part of his tongue, and everybody's worried that he, you know, oh my God, you know, it's like cutting Samson's hair, but they've they've done real well since then. So. Yeah. And I think he developed that. I think I watched a documentary where, like, the day he could taste, he would, he would taste, he would try salt every day, right. and then one day he could, he could taste mm-hmm. it. Um, how about a chess master? Or is that called a grandmaster? Uh, yeah, or, a grandmaster. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think if I did, um, as hard as I could from the age of ten, totally dedicated and devoted to it, because. Uh, there are a, a fair number of grandmasters. I'm not saying I could get to number one in the world. I'm not saying I could win the thing, but I think, um, if, if that's all I cared about, I'd have a chance to reach the level of grandmaster. Now that, that assumes that I'm correct about that. There's a fair number of grandmasters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, like, I want to say there's, you know, in, in the, in the dozens, if not a hundred living grandmasters. And do you think you have maybe maybe a bit of the innate ability that it would take to do this, or do you think it could all be learned or do you think you have the right mind for game and strategy and, uh, you know, and that actually kind of don't and- have a great mind for what I would call, um, I'm blanking on, on, on the name, but it ba- basically like <laughs> memory. Yeah. I wish. Memory. No, uh, <laughs> like there, there's a name for the, these type of games like chess and go and Othello. Um, it's being able to see like it's fifteen like, moves yeah, in the, or it, twenty moves in the future, and right? All that. It's, okay. it's, it's um, anticipation. Abstract oh, is okay. what they're called. Abstract games where it's a lot more. It's a good mix of strategy and tactics. I'm not great at the strategic part, you know, the five six moves ahead, because I don't have a tremendous ability to think spatially. Okay, I'm pretty good at strategy games where the strategy is is not like ge- geography. Uh, I'm sorry, geometry based. Uh-huh. Um. So I don't really think I have an, a great innate brain for chess. Okay. But I think that it just seems to me like it is a thing where, you know, most people that get good at it, like I would trail behind them, but because I would be willing to just, it's all I care about. Grind. I'm yep. doing 10 hours a day. Mm. But, you know, it, but like, look, a computer's broken the game. Yeah. So if a computer can break the game, like they've gotten to where no human being can beat that computer then there's a certain amount of like mathematics and grinding to it that could make you great. Okay. That's what I think. How about a master's champion? No. No. Um, that just, uh, you need the innate hand-eye for something like that? The, yeah, the, I just think athletes. there's a variety of things that, that go into having a great golf swing. And I, I played golf early enough, and my swing is you know mediocre enough that I just don't think, um, you know, I mean, it certainly could be a, scratch golfer right but but wouldn't i I didn't have the skill to do that what do you think is basically average give me any schmo i'm going to take 10 you know boys and girls 10 years old and work every day with them you know like they'll be forced into this golf labor camp to golf what do you think is the the the, basically the range of the best that, that they can get any of them would could be a club pro uh maybe one of them could win a tour event or is yeah. that also just like that even that is I think if you took uh, like you, you know you don't know how good they are like 20 10 year olds um well you can get you can get one of them on tour okay. i mean my friend tim logan claims that if his parents had treated him like tiger woods parents that he would have been on the pro tour yeah and i, I just think that's like laughable I, I think the idea that anyone could do it you know and, and look i mean I'm talking out of my ass on like the chef thing and chefs, sure, I hear right. Yeah. I don't know that much about them. That's this whole show. So, don't, don't, yeah, don't pull the curtain back. Right? Yeah, exactly. That's this whole show is right. talking out of our ass. Right. Exactly. So, so, but anyway, I, use for, big words and just pile it on right. bullshit. Exactly. But I, I know enough about golf to know that, that Tim is wrong. Okay. Um, All right, yeah, about, yeah. You could find, I mean, look, you, you find, you find 20 kids. I think there's a pretty good chance one of them, if you put them into like what you described, one of them would get on the tour. Okay. And how about this? I don't even know what goes into this. How about a Bassmaster? Ooh. I'm guessing I, that I means being one of the either. best and winning those like bass I, I kind of don't think I could. Okay. I think that, I think that requires like tremendous, like almost like surgeon like quality. Like really, okay. I think you got to have really good feel and really good patience. And I could, I think I could figure out like the navigation, right? Like I could figure out where the fish are and, and 
even though that there's a lot of more art than science to that, you know, because the boats, they all have this equipment, mm-hmm. but then they have to like, it's actually kind of fun to watch. I've watched it like three or four times on ESPN. Some. Yeah. And you know, the, 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 like the guy just races out to this location because yeah. he thinks he's got it figured That's a out. Spot. Yeah. But I, I don't think I would have the, uh, the, the innate, I, like I, my, I'm not great with my hands. Like I don't think I would have been a good surgeon. I'm not good at the game operation. Uh, so no, I don't think I could do it. So in doability, just to just to finally recap, yeah, uh, chess master, mis- uh, three Michelin star master chef, a bass master, and then a master's champion. Yep. That's, okay. That's how I'd rate it. Great. I want to know how many grandmasters there are in chess, though. We'll have to look at that. Uh, okay. So should we go back to where we started? Yeah. Please. All right. Great. So. You, uh, here's the situation. You are given 100 units for friendships yep. to cover the next couple of years. I don't know if you know this, but they say you turn over half your friends every seven years. Okay. That's, yeah, I can that's buy what that. people say. Yeah, you go through changes mm-hmm. where you are, geographical. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, one is just a like a pleasant acquaintance. Okay. But so you would still, you could say, that's my friend, yep. so-and-so. Uh, 20 is like about the max. Like you wouldn't ever need to use more than 20 units. That's on like some, on me somebody. worrying. Or, uh, yeah. you know, Lionel Messi yeah, and FIFA. Lionel, yeah. 20, 20 is someone, this was the example I used for it, would be someone that you would consider to be best man at your wedding. Great. Or best, or, or maid of honor, if it's a female friend. Um, so you got these 100 units. How would you break them uh, up? Break them up? Okay. Um, I'm going to take a 20. Okay. I'm going to take a 20, but I think I'm just going to take one. I like the clarity of having one, oh, having one 20. Makes sense. Um, then I'm going to farm out. I'm going to take one, two, three. I'm going to take five tens. Okay. So, so you've got 30 points left. Yep. And then give me four fives. Okay. Still 10 points left. And 10 ones. All right. So that was a total of tw- uh, 20 people. Um, that looks like one. Yep. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So you've got 20 friends for the next two years. Nobody else you can call a friend. Okay. No one else you can engage with in typical like friendship type stuff. And and again, you had 10 ones. 10 ones. You had? I had five. Uh, I had four fives. Four fives. I had five tens. Five tens. And a 20. So you got 10, like one super close friend. Yeah. Five quite close friends. Yeah, pretty so ten good. Is, well, ten's good. Yeah. Ten's good. And five. then the fives. Okay. Yeah. I like it. So I would say vis-a-vis... I think people would fall into one of three categories in my head on this. One would be like, there's certain types of, there's certain folks I know who would be like, give me two twenties or like a 20 and a 15 and then mm-hmm. give me like six tens. And that's, that's what I want, you know, whatever, get it to a hundred, yeah. but like they'd be like tens and above almost and, yeah. and just very few. There's other people I know that would be like. Scatter them out. Like. Yeah, give me like fifty. To give chicken. me like fifty ones. Yeah, give me a couple fives, maybe like a couple of tens. Yeah, uh, I don't need a twenty. It's taking up too much of the real estate. You know, I, I want to be able to have fifty people I can call my friends. So I'm going to start with the fifty ones. Um, it's interesting because you know we didn't define what a two is necessarily. Right. I so I, I do think I do think I the way you thought round. about I it is is probably the right almost. way to think about it. It's like a one, a five, a ten, and a twenty. <laughs> I think I, I was. Um, they were nickels, dimes, pennies, and quarters, pretty much in my head. Yeah, I was like pretty close to to you. I was a little broader. I always like a few to more passing think that I have more friends. I feel like I have a lot of friends. Yeah. Um. I. You know. It. One thing that's. Uh. I guess nice about not having like a family or a wife. Or, <laughs> um. I mean, I have a family, but I yeah. don't have a. I don't have children or a wife. Is that I do have more time than you know other people would to to devote to my friendships, I guess, and so I like to think that I have a wider swath of of friends, um, and then I've I've done like I've lived in different places and kind of always engaged in a lot of different things. And you know, in in college, I was, you know, I did theater, but I also was in like a fraternity, and I also was really good friends with my roommates who didn't do either of those things with me, you know? So I always like to keep like a lot of different irons in the fire, I guess. All right, here, let's do, let's do this uncomfortable experiment. Experiment On the count of three, let's both say the number that we are to each other. Oh, that's no, that's too, we can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You want to do that? 11. No, I already did it. Oh, you did 11. (laughs) I I was going to say nine. Okay. 
I think that's fair. Yeah. I think we average out here. to a 10. I think that's okay. just great. That's good. Well, we'll see, you know, if, 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 if we'll see how the podcast goes. <laughs> well, when push comes to shove, I, I was ready. I was ready to do it. You know, like when, when the, when the, when the historians, when, when tiny, the, the Pliny, the tiny, uh, yeah. that's right. I mean, I could easily be lying about the nine. <laughs> it's like true. You, you I, I showed my 11. hand. I, without a doubt, showed my hand. Right. Yeah. But it was also like, it'd be tough for you to say a four at that point. That's, uh, that's I wasn't going to be a four. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't going to be a four. I, like it's hard though to say because if I had to actually take the hundred units, that's I don't know. That's that that's a thought experiment I don't <laughs> want to get into. Um, but if I had to pick, you know, going forward, I think I would do the one twenty. I think I would do like maybe a fifteen or or probably not. I'd probably do a fifty three tens and then like some fives. What do I have? So I've, I've done fifty so far. Yeah, three tens and a twenty. Yeah, so I got fifty. So I want give me thirty ones. And then I whatever I can oh, get yeah. for the strip club, you know, strip <laughs> right. club friends, yeah. some, some ones, yeah, the ones. <laughs> uh, but I, I think I would need to have the. I mean, I would probably rather have maybe ten twos and ten ones. Okay, does that even work? That's twenty thirty. Yeah, yeah, that works, right? All right. Well, hey, Rush. Now, as, as I do the closing credits, after each name, I want you to give them a give them a friendship number. Yeah, right. friendship exactly. unit. That's like the worst thing you could ever do. Uh, all right. What do you think about this guy? <laughs> Thanks. We'll see. We'll see how well you get edited when when you give Nate when you don't give Nate his propers here. So we'd like to thank our producer Nate DeFort. Give him a number. Oh, 20. Julie Nichols who did our music. Uh, five. And uh, the artwork has been done by Emily Cardamus. Sure, five. And you the listener. Oh, I mean that's a 15. <laughs> uh, if you want to write to us, uh, we will we will use the ones that we can. Uh, so feel free to write us situations at here's the situation podcast at gmail.com. And uh, you can find us at Twitter. I think it's TJ and Rush. Um, but if you put in here's the situation, you can you can find you can find that as well. I think that's about it. That yeah. sounds good to me. All right, take care. We'll talk to you next time.